Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the last edition of Believe in Falcons for the year 2021. I am your host, Will McFadden, joined as always by former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how was uh, how was 2021 to you, and how do you plan on celebrating the new year? It was better than 2020, I'll tell you that. And uh, I uh, can't say this year is perfect, but we're heading in the right direction. I feel like uh, everyone has a lot to be thankful for and to look forward to because nothing can be as bad <laughs> as 2020 was. And uh, uh, <laughs> next year can only be better. I think all you can do is go up. So I, I'm loving uh, the fact that we, we have something to look forward to. And even the Falcons, uh, better than 2020 and something to look forward to. And, and this game will, you know, win or lose. I, I still think we've accomplished more than what we all thought. Uh, and Except for me, I thought we were going 10 games. Not, not going to happen. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the new year. Yeah, you know, from a uh, from a Falcon standpoint, you certainly have to, I guess. They they overachieved, I think, this year. And who knows? I, I think better things are, are on the way. But yeah, it, it feels like 2021 went by so fast. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're able to kind of sit back and enjoy 2022 a little bit more. Get back to life as normal. Um, but everybody, please stay safe this holiday season. Uh, spend the time with loved ones that you can, but yeah, we're about to turn the page and we are going to, uh, to start turning the page on this conversation by talking about (laughs) Sunday's matchup against the Buffalo bills right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by bet online. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Well, bet online remains your number one spot for all the football and basketball action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's half off, guys. That's a big deal. What are you doing? Don't just sit there. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive that bonus. So what are you waiting for? Get started. Head over to BetOnline today because it is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Ovi. So the Bills are coming off of a big victory against the New England Patriots, 33-21, a big rivalry win for the Bills. They kind of took back control of the uh, AFC East. And, you know, the the Falcons, we know are underdogs in this game. They've not performed well so far this season as underdogs. Uh, Like, what... What makes you feel like they can win this game? Let's start there because obviously this conversation can steer into the negative. So let let's kind of start positive. Why Very can easy. the Falcons? Why can the Falcons win? Uh, the reason why they can win is because if they can bring out the run game that we saw for a couple of games, where Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson are unstoppable, and we were praising the offensive line as a a young, vibrant O-line that has some of that gritty nature and our finishing plays running down the field. And we were really impressed. We we talked about how 
if Matt Ryan could have a run game, how much it would help his career, the play action, the whole offense, it would be a game changer. Um, that could happen, but it, it has to happen up front first with those hogs. So that's the only way I think that this team is able to compete with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, it, it really will. I, I think that I went back and I watched the uh, Titans game last season uh, against the Bills. It was week five and the Titans blew the Bills out. Um, and, and obviously Dean Pease wasn't there last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Arthur Smith was their offensive coordinator. But I really wanted to watch Tennessee's defense because I, I just kind of felt like you know, Dean Pease had been there a couple of years before when you've got a defensive minded coach like Mike Vrabel. Usually they like to kind of run what they want to run on that side of the ball. And what they did against Buffalo was really just play a lot of deep zone. They weren't giving up anything deep against Josh Allen, against, you know, Stefan Diggs, against uh, Cole Beasley, who, whoever they had there last year they weren't going to let them beat them deep and they were going to make Josh Allen kind of dink and dunk his way down the field. Now we've seen a lot of teams employ defenses like that so far this season against Kansas city, against Buffalo. It's kind of become in vogue for defenses to kind of make these big armed quarterbacks be patient and kind of pick their way down the field. And I think that that's what the Falcons are going to really look to do on Sunday against Buffalo, especially because we now have a history of a a team that Arthur Smith has close proximity to doing that against a Buffalo team. Um, And so that's kind of what I'm expecting from Atlanta's defense on Sunday. I, I think their best chance really is to kind of make this a big Cole Beasley game, um, a big, kind of Devin Singletary game. What do you think, Ovi, about what the Bills can do on the ground on Sunday? Uh, they can do a lot. Um, I, I am deathly terrified that <laughs> not only uh, are we going to do what we've done in every other game where we played a good team, which is get blown out, but we're going to show <laughs> the best of our worst side, which is not be able to stop a, a nosebleed when it comes to the opposing team's mm-hmm. run game. I know that we have no pass rush. Uh, they, everyone knows we have no pass rush, but we've had at times a decent uh, um, you know, run defense against rushing teams. And Grady Jarrett has had help from uh, supporting Cass. Uh, you already know about Foyer and Dion and can fly around and, and cover uh, sideline to sideline and, and be able to at times cut off the edge. But can they all work together and play at their best so that we can stop the run game and not give Josh Allen more weapons? That's a big question mark for us right now. It absolutely is. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're seeing that there's some improvement coming on the defensive side of the ball. Certainly like Foyer's, uh, I think every single year, the dude's gotten better. And he's the type of, of defensive player that you would yep. love to build around. But it it's taking, I think, longer for just the role players on this team. And, and, and maybe it won't happen because, you know, this team is not one that is currently they're not in like year two or three of a rebuild where you maybe have a lot of young players on the team and 
all the growth is is positive mm-hmm. because these are all guys that you kind of handpicked to be on this roster for the future. That's kind of not the case here. These are a lot of guys that that are stopgap guys nope. that are veterans who who came in here to to get that paycheck to to maybe show out and get a lot of playing time to to earn another one and and kind of figure out a weird situation in a COVID year uh, when a lot of guys are are just taking one year paychecks to to try to figure out what's going on. Um, and I think the Falcons were smart in who they brought yeah. in. I think that that is a big reason why they have seven wins so far this season. But that also leads us to sit here and kind of point to more of the players that we think are going to be part of the future. And sure, Fabian Nero has has had a pretty good year. I have no idea if he's going to be here next year. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to probably talk about AJ Terrell a little bit more. Um, that being said, we're going to need a lot of the players that have been Atlanta's best defenders to really, really step up in this game. AJ Terrell is going to have to, you know, really kind of shut down one half of the field. They're going to have to make Josh Allen play, you know, left-handed. I, I actually think he's a left-handed quarterback, if I remember correctly, which is awesome because I'm left-handed. So, like, yeah, go lefties. But, you know, <laughs> I, you they, they need to make him kind of play with one arm behind his back. Shutting down one side of the field is a good way to do that. But that also means that they really need to, I think, generate pressure to keep him from being comfortable. And and I don't think Atlanta can do that to your point. So, you know, what like, do you think this is going to have to be a high scoring game that Atlanta has to keep pace in? Or do you think Atlanta is going to be capable of limiting this to a to a dirty, grimy, gritty game that Atlanta's been able to win so far this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, if we can keep it close, we've shown and we actually spoke about how we're so much better with Arthur Smith on one score games, being able to win them. That's that's something that has changed uh, as part of our culture to where we can believe when yep. it's close, we can actually pull it out. But if this becomes to uh, uh, it turns into, a, 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 you know, a, a shooting match and we're just trying to outscore <laughs> them, they win automatically, you know, with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Josh Allen and with, with a, a above average running game, they can go all day. And, and <sighs> I, I know that at times we show we can be opportunistic and we can, you know, get crazy interceptions on Tom Brady and, you know, you know, anything is possible. Miracles can happen. But, you know, Christmas is over. Miracle on 34th Street ain't going to happen <laughs> on, the, on the 31st or whatever the game is. Uh, it, it's just unfortunate that we have to pray for miracles against good teams to even be competitive. It's not like, oh, you know, we want to uh, have a great thing go our way and, and then we can win the game. No, we have to have almost everything go our way. We have to win the turnover battle. We need an interception. We need to fumble to play against these good teams because we can't win the shootout because our offense has been inconsistent and because of our defense can't stop a nosebleed. I, I don't know how, and I, I'll keep on harping on this because my brain is having trouble understanding year after year after year after year our defense is so bad our defensive pass rush is so bad and we're sitting here talking about you know the good old days when we were just average uh in the in the defensive field and not even the best just 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 don't be dead last like that's an improvement that we can't seem to improve on being last in every other category in defense so I don't know. I, I I just hope that you know a miracle 
uh, a late Christmas miracle. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the ironic part about this is that Josh Allen, like typically he's not the type of quarterback that you're really trying to get a lot of sacks against. Like you're not trying to pass rush to get him on the ground. You're trying to pass rush to contain a player like this, right? Like, so you're trying to maintain your rush lanes. You're trying to not, you know, get past the quarterback. You don't want to get deeper than the quarterback because that allows him to step up and out. And somebody like Josh Allen, if the Falcons are going to play kind of like a deep zone, like I maybe expect them to, if you get deeper than the quarterback on your rush and give him that alley, somebody like Josh Allen, that's 12 yards. That's a first down automatically. So like that's to me, kind of my scariest thing. And so I'll ask you, Ovi, like what scares you more about Josh Allen, his arm or, or his legs in this matchup? Uh, the fact that he has <laughs> 600 yards on the ground and he's not a, <laughs> a quarterback that you can, now let's get it straight. He's not uh, Michael Vick. He, he's not, yeah. uh, you know, the, the chiefs or the Cardinals running back or Lamar. Uh, he, he's not a, none of these guys, but he still is, like he's, I probably oh, better yeah. than Daniel Jones. Like he, he can move. You know, he he is a uh, a quarterback that has some scrambling ability and can can beat you. And the Falcons, I I appreciate the speed of Foyer and Dion, but just our lack of pass rush and our um, inability at times to stop the run makes us so vulnerable to quarterbacks who are who are uh, mobile. And then that's him. So I, I definitely think that his legs add, add an extra dimension that I don't think yeah, prepare, it's kind of like my, my scariest thing. I, I'm, I wonder if you saw this, but I, I saw it uh, this week. It was um, some stat that was tweeted out where basically it was kind of like the number of 40 plus yard plays allowed by NFL defenses this season. And the Falcons were the only team with zero. Uh, and, and I, I think, uh, yeah, oh, it was, it was surprising. Really? Um, the Falcolic account, tweeted out uh, that they expect uh, Josh Allen to have two 38-yard runs on Sunday, which, you know, sounds about right. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I, I mean, that that that's the part that kind of concerns me is I, I just wonder if you forget about a quarterback like Josh Allen who has that ability, you know, that it it really can kind of turn a game on a couple of plays, especially if if you're going to be in a in a really close game like we expect the Falcons to maybe be in if they're going to try to win this game like i don't think either of us expect them to win in a blowout so you know don't want uh Josh Allen to be able to flip the game on one run uh let's flip to the other side of the ball though for Atlanta and Kyle Pitts the strength of this Buffalo defense is their secondary and particularly their safety position. Um, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have been two of the best safeties in the NFL this season so far. And I, I think they've been really, really good, particularly in their coverage ability against opposing tight ends, against opposing running backs, slot receivers. They're really versatile players um, and they can do a lot for this Buffalo defense. Buffalo is without Tredavious White, their top cornerback, um, who is done for the season after sustaining an injury kind of earlier on in the year. So, you know, Buffalo's defense, not with their best kind of coverage player per se, but their defense is tops in the league. And there is no doubt that they have a lot that they can throw against this Atlanta offense. 
that is honestly kind of a little bit predictable. And, you know, they've got Cordero Patterson they can throw out there. They've got Kyle Pitts. Um, but with Buffalo's ability to kind of lock down some of the more secondary players with guys like Micah Hyde, with guys, um, you know, like Jordan Poyer, it, it's just going to be a really tough day for Kyle Pitts. You know, what do you think about that, Ovi? Uh, Kyle Pitts has quietly, I mean, so very, very quietly has such a stellar se- season. Uh, I think that the, the best is yet to come. It, it's going to be a tough day for him, but I think now more than ever, he's ready to, uh, to step up to the challenge. And I think that with, with all rookies yeah. that usually <laughs> hit that wall, um, there, there's going to be a little bit of fatigue and uh, a mental hurdle to, to get to, through these last games. Cause I, I don't know what, the amount of games is in college that you play. We'll add in the bowl games and college <laughs> playoffs and his games. He didn't go, but I don't think 17 games has been in uh, his uh, college career that he's done. But I also think that the gener- generational talent yeah. that he is can rise above that. And the fact that he's been given these accolades and the awards and, you know, gosh dang it, a pro bowl, you want to live up to that. And uh, I think that it's just another reason for him to, to give his best. Cause we're not, Going, uh, if we go to the playoffs, we're not going deep into the playoffs. But what Kyle Pitts can do is to pad onto his stats and, and and go after the record books even more. So I don't think that he's going to be deterred by the uh, the defense the Bills are going to give him. I think he's going to put uh, put on a show. Yeah, frankly, he's, I mean, he's currently fans. only uh, second now behind Mike Ditka uh, in in terms of rookie uh, receiving yards for a tight end and. You know, it, it's it's just so crazy. I mean, it it speaks to the power of expectation, honestly, and hype and and all that stuff. Like, just yeah. because yeah. we all sat here before the draft and kind of predicted something that had never been done before. Like, we all sat here being like, yeah, he's going to just be the best tight end ever. The fact that he's actually accomplishing it, yeah. nobody bats an eyelash at. And that's not fair. Yes. Like, that's not... What are we doing, everybody? Kyle Pitts not. is about to have a thousand yard season. It took <laughs> Calvin Ridley like three years yeah. to have a thousand yard receiving season. And and he had yeah. Julio Jones. Kyle Pitts didn't even have the luxury of having, you know, kind of a, an established receiver outside yeah, helping really. him out. So, guys, like, I know we all expected this from Kyle Pitts. It's amazing that he's actually doing it. And, and, we should be extremely excited about that being the case. Um, That being said, I mean, if he does it on Sunday, then I will be ready to build a shrine to him uh, right next to the gigantic metallic Falcon outside of Mercedes Benz stadium. Um, So, you know, Kyle Pitts, there you go. It's, it's on, it's on record. Happy to do it. Um, Ovi, the, the kind of like last thing I want to say in talking about the matchup between these two teams I think when it's come to Atlanta against the better teams in this league that they've played this year, the difference maker has been the depth on depth. It's been, you know, the the second running back against, you know, the the second team linebacker or the reserve safety who's in there and whatever package they're in, yeah. or it's been the, you know, the second tight end against whatever. Like it's it's just not been the stars, it's been the the reserves and it's been the later down the yep. roster. I think, again, Atlanta's at a big disadvantage, especially with the number of guys they have on that COVID list right now. If they don't get those guys back, 
that's going to be huge. Um, do you think that's, again, going to be kind yeah. of like a fatal flaw in this game for Atlanta? It is. We need every single body we can get, especially bodies that um, are, are used to playing with the Falcons, are used to the system and getting guys from the street or guys who on the practice squad, moving them up, who haven't played. Yeah. I understand the next, <laughs> next man up, but at this point, timing is important and uh, experience is important. Even if you have experience running our plays and running our system and being able to uh, to know what is expected of you and work with your teammates. That is invaluable. And for us to have players who have spent all the time practicing and playing with us but can't produce or perform or contribute, that's rough because the Bills are already uh, <laughs> an insurmountable force that we're going to have to deal with. We don't need any other handicaps. Like We, we need things that are going in our, our favor, not wishing bad upon them, but let them do the COVID thing. You know, <laughs> Let us be healthy and go play some football. So. We're going to need Kyle Pitts to play at his best. We're going to need Foyer to have an interception. We're going to need Matt to go off. We're going to need Mike Davis to pitch in the running game. We need all of the wheels, all the gears, you know, greased and, and rolling for this machine to work. And uh, that's the only way we win. That and a couple <laughs> of miracles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, the, the Bills. So the Bills have <laughs> wins over uh, both the Saints and the Panthers so far this season. Uh, put up 31 points, I believe, in both of those games. Only uh, lost to an NFC South team, predictably came against Tampa Bay. The uh, the Falcons have beat both uh, New Orleans and Carolina, although both of those games have been pretty close uh, in their wins and uh, blown out by Tampa in both of those matchups. So kind of you can follow the trend there yourself. Um, but Ovi, I want to get into the weather situation that they could be facing on Sunday and and ask you about your experience as a player in some cold weather games. And we'll do that right after this. Say goodbye to dull gifts. I think I will. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Ah, I see what they did there. You know, diamonds, dull, bright. These guys are on it. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. And at a light price, too. I mean, $800 per carat. Not a big, uh, you know, carat expert myself, um, but there's that information for you. $800 per carat. So you may be asking, what is a lab-grown diamond? Well, they have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in a bluish pink, or, you know, a, a just a classic white, maybe just a good, beautiful blue. I'm a classic blue guy myself. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add some sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, Ovi. So the weather, it looks like potential for snow. You know, big, big wind factor, yeah. which, you know, I, I know from from having talked to Matt, uh, the wind is always the worst part for quarterbacks. It's not so much the cold. It's not so much the rain. It's yeah. not so much the snow. It's it's the wind. It like it, that's that's always the worst part for offenses. Um, that being said, as a fullback and part of, uh, you know, what would be as many fans would think a ground dominant atmosphere 
what's it like playing in a cold weather game? Is it mm-hmm. actually like the the teams go in with the run focused offense like we would all think? And if they do, it like how do you feel about that? Are you you're like the cold, we're going, yeah, it's gonna hurt. Like I'm I'm coming in like a bullet. What's happening? <laughs> oh yeah, so I, I only go third person when I talk about the cold because Ovi hates the cold. Ovi don't do cold. <laughs> Ovi does not like says the former cold. Baltimore fullback. Yeah, I know, right? But Ovi still doesn't like the cold. Now I will deal with it. Now I can even thrive in it because I let all that anger get let out on the <laughs> linebackers. But I, it just it. I mean, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. You know, so I, I'm not. There's uh, a reason uh, you went to a dome team in free agency. Yeah. Oh, we'll just absolutely. say that. <laughs> I I had a chance to go to uh, Tampa Bay, New York, or uh, Atlanta, and I was just like Georgia Dome is calling my name. Um, but I, I, I hate the cold, but I love the cold when it comes to running the, the football because it, it it hurts to be hit in the cold. And as a fullback, I, I'm the hammer, not the nail. So when it's cold and you're getting just slammed, fullback, pulling guard, you know, whatever, just a smash mouth game, the team that's more physical has a huge advantage because they, they thrive off the contact and the physicality and they can wear the other team down a lot quicker when it's cold. But uh, quarterback, I don't know how quarterbacks do it. With wind and the cold, just I, I would be so afraid of the wind picking up and just holding my ball or having it you know, shift to the right because the windows are so tight already in the NFL. And you, if you have the wind throwing off your, your game, there's an interception like every other play, I would think. So I, I always feel for QBs in, in crazy weather, but I, I love what it gives RBs a chance to do, which is – play our game give us the ball let us put the game on our back and you know just watch us work that's always the the best part of cold games for me i one of the kind of like introductory moments for me in the nfl where i realized that i knew less than like one one hundredth of a percent of actual football was um keith armstrong special teams coordinator for, uh, for the falcons was just talking about I, I they were I think going up to Green Bay uh, a couple of years ago to play the Packers and just like left and right throwing out the different types of kicks and how they would look to a returner kind of like coming off of somebody's foot based on just the wind and he yeah. was like yeah you know you could have like a fall leaf kick that just like floats down like this or you could have just like something that like flies off to the left side or whatever, like based on this wind chill or how cold it is, or like you'll get this type. And I was like, you mean there's 17 different types of punts that somebody can kick. And we're sitting here being like, why didn't they run it on, on fourth and one up the middle? Like, what are we talking about? Oh my God. Everybody knows so much more about all of us. Oh, it's (laughs) it's so great. Armchair coaches, quarterbacks, (laughs) Uh, they they always amuse me so much because I mean you don't know what you don't know but you know you you, yeah. think you know everything so it's uh, it, it's a learning curve a steep learning curve <laughs> it's such a learning curve but I've I've also heard that sometimes offenses can kind of have the uh, like advantage in snowy games because you know where the play is designed to go yeah you you get where you're going like what is lost in the snow is traction. Yes, but that's that's mitigated a little bit when you kind of already have a head start to where you're going. So in your experience, has that kind of been true? Like, may that favor some of the offenses in this game just because 
defensive players have to react and therefore are a little like less stable on the slippery ground. 100% correct. We, we used to do heavy misdirection. We used to do heavy play action. We used to always try to make it to where uh, our fakes are a little bit tighter. And as a mm. fullback, you know, I'm, I'm rolling over the ball and I'm running hard. Like I got the ball because I want to make sure that they spend that one extra half second looking at me. Does he have the ball before, <laughs> you know, they, they go to the tailback or they realize it's a throw. So all that gives us a huge advantage. Cause like you mentioned, when they're trying to redirect and realize, Oh crap, the ball's going the other direction. They can't move as fast. They can't change direction as fast. And that allows us to, you know, get a uh, half a step in front of the, the competition and get to that pylon or get to that first down marker a little bit faster. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I, I think that all of that's going to be part of the game plan for Atlanta. One of the more interesting storylines that I don't think is necessarily being talked about enough, but Arthur Smith himself has has clearly tried to make this part of, I, I think, the discussion points uh, in in every press conference that I've seen from him so far this week. He's made a point to say he's played the Bills the past couple of years, you know, when he was in the AFC with Tennessee. They've seen the Bills. It's it's a reason why I went back to watch Tennessee play the Bills last season. By the way, Tennessee beat them like 41 to 17. Like it was a blowout win. Was Josh Tennessee. Allen on a vacation? Was he uh, there? They were the, the, the Bills were there. They showed up and uh, Tennessee. What was so weird about that game too, the Bills played well. The Bills played well in that game. Tennessee figured out ways to to kind of create a couple of turnovers. They played that deep zone that I was talking about, just kind of kept the Bills picking underneath. You know, I, I think that one of the big benefits when we talk about somebody like Matt Ryan and some of the older quarterbacks in the league is they understand what type of game a defense is trying to play on them. And Matt Ryan's just going to give what a defense is going to take if they're going to allow some of those underneath routes because they're just yeah. not trying to give up the explosive play. Somebody like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or some of the younger quarterbacks, they may get frustrated after a period of time because they want to hit those big plays. Like those yep. are the fun plays in a game. We want to hit those 60 yard touchdowns. Like that's when we're all having a good time. They don't want to hit the four yard out to the fullback, OV. Nobody wants to throw to the fullback. So Matt Ryan's going to give that to you. Josh Allen might not. That's why I expect, again, Atlanta to probably show a little bit more of the zone. Um, and and it, it may hurt them. I, I, I worry a little bit, again, about Josh Allen's legs um, and, and maybe Stephon Diggs getting in space. Uh, but real quick, final thoughts, predictions for this game. Um, Ovi, who haven't we talked about that needs to have a big game on Sunday? Um, we talked about Kyle Pitts. We talked about Matt Ryan. We touched on uh, our guy, uh, Mike Davis, and the run game. Uh, I, I really think that I would love, 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 love for Russell Gage to have a Julio Jones, old school Calvin Ridley-ish, uh, new school Russell go. Gage's type of game. Uh, and, and he's gotten better than he rested a little bit. But if Russell Gage can give us some vintage Russell Gage, I, I really feel like that's going to allow uh, us to be competitive because uh, I already know Kyle Pitts is going to go off. He's feeling the Pro Bowl uh, nod. And 
I, I think that Grady Jarrett is going to give us classic Grady Jarrett. But Russell Gage, who we haven't spoken about much, we, we've complimented at times. But if he can really turn in a, a good game, I think that uh, good things will happen. He can rise the tide for the whole offense. Yeah, I was I was hoping you would pick Russell Gage there because absolutely. I, I mean, I think that he's he is the X factor for the the Falcons. I think the rest of the season, certainly offensively. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we Cordero uh, Patterson has established himself. He's here. He yeah. should have been a pro bowler, but like should've teams been. know what he can do. Kyle Pitts from the get go was on everybody's radar. Russell Gage, we didn't know what to expect, but like clearly he's capable of of stepping into that role and and performing um, against good defenses. And you know whether or not he does that on Sunday could could end up being the difference. So that's a great pick. I'm gonna kind of pair mine, and I'm I'm gonna say the tandem of of Jalen Mayfield uh, and Matt Hennessy on the interior of the offensive line. I think that the ability to protect Matt Ryan um, to keep him upright. I think Atlanta is going to really have to be able to run the ball effectively in this game to uh, establish what they want to do. I think that you could make the argument that New England was at their most effective last week, even though they lost the game, kind of in the second half of that game, uh, when they were more focused on running the ball and establishing the run with Damian Harris and uh, the other guys in the backfield, Ramondre Stevenson, those guys. So... I would look for Atlanta to kind of do what Detroit tried to do and effectively kind of did to them uh, this past week, which was slow or speed the game up weirdly by slowing the game down, running the ball, dominating the time of possession. Atlanta's not been great about dominating time of possession this year. I think they really, really need to do that on Sunday um, to have uh, a really good chance to win because they just need to keep the ball outside of, out of Josh Allen's hands. They need to keep the ball away from Buffalo's offense. They really want to get those explosive plays going. Um, and so I think Atlanta needs to speed the game up a lot, establish that run game, dominate time of possession. Um, and, and I think Russell Gage will be a big part of that because I think they complement that with downfield explosive plays. Um, so I think that's huge. But I also think that it's really important for the interior of the Falcons offensive line to give Matt Ryan the time to hit those downfield shots. That'd be so um, nice. Matt Ryan has been kind of the, the most problems Atlanta's had offensively has been when Matt Ryan's gotten pressure right in his face. And so Jalen Mayfield, Matt Hennessy, they need to have big games on the interior of the offensive line. So those are kind of my X factors. Uh, I think Bills will be uh, victorious in this one, 31 to 17. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I hope everybody has a great new year. Let's hope the Falcons started off with a surprise. What, what, uh, what better treat could they give to all of us? But regardless, it's not about sports. It's not about, you know, the, the frivolous things we entertain ourselves with, it's about the ones you care about. Um, so spend times with uh with the people that you care about the people you love let them know that you care about them and you love them um and thank you guys for listening to us throughout the year our first year launching this podcast um it's been awesome we've learned a lot and uh please let everybody know where you can uh find us which is anywhere <laughs> that you get your podcast rate and review uh today's podcast was as always presented by bet online 
Thank you guys for listening. As always, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.